Welcome to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast, an integrative health podcast by Center for New Medicine. We created the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast as an extension of our mission to educate and empower individuals along their health journey. This integrative health podcast will bring you in-depth expert interviews on a plethora of health topics. Tune in bi-weekly for interviews on how to create a non-toxic lifestyle, integrative approaches to treating complex health concerns like diabetes, Lyme's, Hashimoto's, Crohn's, adrenal fatigue, mental, emotional, and spiritual health, cancer prevention, early cancer detection, integrative cancer treatments, and so much more. Through the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast, we hope to provide cutting-edge, science-based information you can use to create a happier and healthier life for you and your loved ones. Welcome back to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Lindsay, and today I'm interviewing our certified nutritionist, Liliana Partida. And she has been on the show a couple times now, and we are talking about food allergies today. And I was particularly enraptured with this because I, like so many of you, maybe have struggled with allergies, sensitivities, and really just feel like I hit a dead end when it comes to figuring out what is really going on here. It can be very confusing for so many people. And I think this interview really sheds so much light. She makes it very, very clear what's happening in the body when we have allergies or sensitivities and how we can begin to reverse or even get rid of those completely through treatments, tests, and even supplements. So with that, please enjoy this interview with Liliano Partida. Well, welcome back, Liliana, to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Yes. And today we are talking about food allergies and food sensitivities, and we are really going to break this down. It can get kind of complex, but can we start off with, is it true that food allergies have actually been on the rise, meaning more people are starting to have food allergies? Yes. And so I think there was a test done in... uh, in 2019 that showed that actually it's increasing by two to four percent so we kind of think well why is that and then you might even say well our stress has certainly increased and again you've got the vagus nerve that goes from the all the way from the head into the gut and that's going to register in regards of um everything our environment the stressors that we have the food senses uh, foods that we're consuming that could be you know of an antagonist to our system and so i would say that stress is probably the number one issue that has lowered people's immune systems and then of course i'm not talking about just emotional stress Mm -hmm. i'm talking about the chemicals and the pesticides and the herbicides and the you know the xenoestrogens and all of these things have created a very unnatural state which compromises the immune system Mm -hmm. but then of course you know there are children that are just you know born that have eczema and you know other food intolerance and so it's usually again like what you said there's a difference between allergens and food sensitivities, I like to call them food intolerances. 
And so again, there's many factors. And so again, it's not like, okay, these population of people get them more than others. Although we would say that women actually are more prone to allergies more than men, interestingly enough. Oh, that is interesting. And children uh, are more prone to allergies than adults. So really you see most a lot of childhood allergens that can actually take its course. And then when they're older, they're not as allergic, especially to environmental sensitivities. I mean, I know we're talking about food, but in general, Mm-hmm. So again, uh, there is a difference between both the food sensitivities and um, actually uh, allergenic responses that could be uh, more prone to not only compromising the immune system, but even having things as severe as ending up in the hospital because you know you've got a rash from head to toe, or you know your heart beats racing so much that you think you're having a heart attack and kind of an anxiety, or even all the way to having. Um, uh, your an anaphylactic response where you know your your airways are are starting to close up and your eyes are starting to swell and of course this becomes very critical. Mm-hmm. I do want to distinguish between an allergy and a sensitivity or intolerance, but I'm yeah. curious real quick. So why do you think it is that children are more susceptible to allergies? Does it just have to do with that gut microbiome? Uh, I, I I believe yes, you know, in my opinion, um, just with my experience, even with myself and with my patients. Um, and so we always say that the child inherits the mother's gut, okay? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we even know that the blood-brain barrier isn't fully closed until the age of two. And so there's many children oftentimes that have issues with their mother's breast or their mother's not able to actually uh, produce enough milk and or she may even have inverted nipples, things of that nature that she's not able to feed her child. So then, unfortunately, they have to go on to formulas, which will be completely foreign to the child. Mm-hmm. And since they haven't really developed the biome, the friendly bacteria uh, to be able to to digest these foods or enzymes even, um, then we see that a lot of times uh, we always say, refer to the mother in what she's eating and in ch- and her gut and the, the likelihood of the child having allergies if the mother had it when she was younger is very, very high. That is fascinating, actually. And I've also heard, too, that children who are born via C-section versus vaginally don't inherit, they don't get as much of that good bacteria because there's something about the vaginal birth that sort of coats the child in this good bacteria that preps them for life. Whereas when they're born via C-section, I think, don't quote me on this, we'll have to research it, but it takes anywhere, I think, from like three to six months for the newborn to then develop on their own that bacteria. Yes, absolutely. And you'll see that these children that are born, you know, through cesareans have more issues, especially with um, their ears. And so a lot of times you see these children end up with uh, a lot of ear infections and end up with tubes in their ears. And so, um, you know, what we always are looking at is what is the environment of the child? Because, of course, the children are little teeny sponges and they're going to take the emotional environment, which, again, if we're dealing with the vagus nerve, you know, really always um, in check of what's happening on the outside environment and how they should respond, then they're going to pick up that even too. We see a lot of disorders of gut disorders when children are in very unhappy marriages i mean their 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 parents are in unhappy unhappy marriages and or they've got a very hostile environment that they live in oh my gosh i could i could talk about this all day but i'll reel it back in (laughs) and bring us back to the main topic so can you just so we can start to understand this better let's lay the foundation can you first distinguish what's happening when someone has a full food allergy and then what's happening when someone has more of an intolerance or a sensitivity 
So intolerances are a lot easier to work with because that's usually the inability for the digestive system to have produced the right enzymes and or enough good healthy bacteria. So again, those are a lot easier to treat. So it's basically when you think of an intolerance, it's the gut's inability to be able to break down that food. Okay. When you're looking at an allergenic response, you're looking at an immune response that's overreacting to a food that normally would be completely healthy for someone else, uh, and they're and they're creating what's called an uh, almost like if it was a virus. You know, your body's detecting this as a foreign object, and so it will um, uh, it will produce immunoglobulins E, and that is to have a response so that if this food should come in again, that it would attack it just like any other virus. So the those immunoglobulins, they, they actually adhere to what's called the mast cells. The mast cells mm. are what produce histamine in the body. And some people, like myself, have excessive mast cells to begin with. So I'll have more issues of rhinitis than other people. If the if a cold air goes by me, I'll start to sneeze. Or different temperatures, I'll have a runny nose. Or if, like, let's just say, you know, I'm getting Botox and I get, you know, a prick, I'll immediately have a histamine reaction because I have excessive um, uh, mast cells. And so there is a method to treat this just like we would allergens as well. And we can talk about that further. And so the difference is that you're dealing one with an overreactive immune system, and then you're dealing with it, uh, and the intolerance or the inability for gut, the gut to actually break down those different types of substances. And usually mm -hmm. it's the proteins that it's looking at. It's not looking at the carbs, it's mostly the proteins in these foods. That's the antigens we check when we do food sensitivities. Okay. So real quick, bringing it back to why food allergies sensitivities might be on the rise you really distinguish an allergy is more of an immune system response so what is it about our environment that is burdening our immune system so much today well i would say it's an overload principle okay it's not going to be one thing it's going to be many things mm -hmm. and like i said probably stress within a 24-hour stress period, you actually changed your entire biome. And so again, who isn't under the gun all the time, whether it's mm -hmm. with time and deadlines or, I mean, it's like, it's like most how our nervous system is expressing itself is feeling like it's being chased by the predator 24 seven. So again, that's going to be also a, a, another reaction of cortisol and cortisol also is a stimulant too. So now, you know, you've got a stress hormone in the body. You've got a response to any stress, which it could be food or it can be environment. It's all going to lower your immune system to make you more susceptible, more susceptible to bacteria, more susceptible to viruses, more susceptible to cancer. And so again, you know, we say, oh, gee, you know, I got a little bit of um, uh, negative symptoms because the symptoms of intolerance are going to be bloating, gas, mucus, um, racy heartbeat. Uh, 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 but a more of what we would consider an allergen, you may develop eczema or psoriasis or um, Again, you still get the symptoms of the bloating and gas, but let's just say diarrhea or constipation or irritable bowel syndrome. So again, it becomes more prominent, like, oh my gosh, I got an issue. I've got the skin issue here and I've got eczema, I've got, mm -hmm. right? So again, sometimes food tolerances, uh, unless unchecked, will develop into an autoimmune disorder like, let's just say, um, um, eczema. Mm -hmm. Because it's that burden. It might start with an intolerance, you know, the gut microbiome's a little bit off, which then can create chronic inflammation, with then, which then creates this burden on the immune system. It's sort of this downward spiral that just it, gets out of control. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And so, okay, this is what you said is so interesting. And a question that came up in my mind was, why do some people, is there any understanding be behind 
why one person might get an allergy to a specific food versus a different food. Well, okay, like even for example, in my own case, right? Um, we all get on health kicks, you know, some people will be <laughs> yeah. vegan, some people will be raw, some people will be food combining, some people will go keto, right? So I found when I went keto, more of a keto adaptive diet, you know, all of a sudden I switched over my flowers from, you know, the gluten-free flowers because I also have an autoimmune disorder to the thyroid. So can't have gluten. So I'm a sensitive, I'm not celiac. I don't, you know, get, you know, have to have 15 bowel movements a day, but I'll certainly get gas and bloating uh, and, and, um, and a compromised immune system when I continue to do that for my thyroid. And so, um, so, so the thing is, is this like, you can't say, well, these population will get it, that population won't get it. Because in all reality, I didn't even have any allergies that I was aware of that I would take notice other than the little rhinitis, right? Right. Sometimes I wouldn't even know if this, I'm catching a cold or is this, you know, an actual allergen. I didn't really pay attention. A little bloating and gas, you don't think about that. But in my older age, all of a sudden now those food intolerances, because they were left unchecked, you know, caused my immune system to be starting to be overactive. Mm. And then I developed eczema in a later mm. and later in my adult life. So again, usually when the, in your youth, you actually can get over them a lot quicker than if you develop them in your older age or in your mm -hmm. adulthood, okay? Um, and a lot of times it's gonna be to fish, right? A lot of times, so you're gonna see that. So oh. in, the, in the younger kids, you know, you're gonna see a lactose intolerance. Uh, you're going to see a gluten uh, and, um, you know, even sugar, because some people, cannot digest sugar very well. And so that's another type of intolerance and their microbiome can't handle the glucose. So they end up, you know, with a lot of water retention. Almost patients will say, gosh, I, before I ate, I had a flat stomach. After I ate, I had a three month pregnant belly. Yeah. And that is the body's inability to actually break down carbohydrates. And there's actually, uh, I believe an enzyme that's associated with that in the ability to break down these carbohydrates. As we get to it, I'll, I'll go back to it because mm -hmm. that, that's kind of okay. an important thing, yeah. So you were saying, though, when you switched over to a modified keto, was it that I know uh, oh, some people say yes. they, they start eating a lot more like almond flour, yes, coconut exactly. flour. Okay, that's exactly what I was going to I got <laughs> lost out there for a second there. Okay, so yeah, so when I went keto and I got off all of the, uh, you know, the, the gluten-free things, I went to almond flour. So, but now I went to almond flour, almond milk, almond this, almond that. And then within about a month, I started having little eczema and I'm like, what the heck is this is all about? So of course I liked to take tests because I like to measure and sure enough, I had an almond allergy. Mm. And in fact, when I looked at my um, my whole, because again, we, we we're, were very big at, at really having tests so we can have an idea of really what we're working with, right? Not just kind of, okay, well, let's just try this you know, a lot of people, what they do is they just abstain from certain specific foods, like let's just say soy and eggs and dairy and gluten and, and, and the top allergens, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then um, and then they see, well, how do I feel after 10 days? Well, I felt, you know, really good. And then I started reintroducing it again, and then I started feeling yucky. But how about if we have a test that really identifies what those are? And when I had my test, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm practically allergic to everything I was eating, okay? Mm. So not only was it food sensitivities, it was the intolerance because of the fact that I actually had a leaky gut situation. Mm. So not only wasn't I able to digest, I wasn't able to absorb, and then of course things will putrefy in the gut and then create, you know, uh, in the leaky gut mindset, it's the junctures of the intestinal wall become um, very weak and all of a sudden things that should not be crossing uh, into the bloodstream 
start crossing, whether it's bacteria or viruses or chemicals or food, then the, then the immune system starts attacking these foods. So had you never, would you have never had an allergy towards almonds? Now you do because of the permeation of allowing those elements to get out into the bloodstream. Mm -hmm. And so again, that's just what's great when you do, I mean, I would have never known that I had like 50 things that were problematic that I had to really focus now on healing the gut. Mm -hmm. So I think testing is really imperative. If in fact, you know, patients are very fatigued, uh, they're always having rhinitis, that means that, you know, their, their nose is always dripping, they're having bloaty gas, they're having digestion, uh, uh, digestive issues, then I would say a testing is definitely in order. Mm-hmm. And then again, um, there, uh, you know, there's many ways to think about testing. Okay. And I know you have the, as one of your things there, if you want to <laughs> yeah. go into that, we can yeah. do that. Uh, or we can just continue on with yeah. what you're doing. Well, what I want to quickly ask, and then we will get into okay. the testing because that is a huge component of this is this is why food allergies can be so complex because yeah. it could be, okay, maybe I have an intolerance because of all the toxins I'm putting in my body, but it could also be, well, I just eat the same 20 things every single day and my body's just telling me, look, I need a break from this. I need more variation. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why it can be overwhelming for some people. So for you with the almonds, do you think it was just that your body was just like, okay, I need a break from this. This is too much. A hundred percent. And so again, and again, I love to measure. So then after I was off of almond everything, and I, and of course now, because I've had that sensitivity, I'm very cautious. Like I won't do almond milk, uh, but I, since I do like to do keto baking, I'll, I'll say, well, if I'm going to use something almond, it's going to be almond flour, but I'm not going to eat almonds. I'm not going to drink almond milk so that I don't overload the mm-hmm. system because when you have an intolerance, it's not that one time hit. It's an overload principle. And then the body cannot, you know, it, it starts to, it, it, it can't, um, it's an overload that it can't defend itself. So again, when you can't adapt, right, then you maladapt. Mm. And then interestingly enough, you might even be eating foods that your body's maladapted to, and all of a sudden you might even stop getting signals. And then all Mm. of a sudden until you actually have a condition. And so this is why it's so important that we notice that, okay, why I'm eating a food and my throat is kind of itchy, but it's not that itchy that I can't, that it's going to force me to stop eating because it's starting to constrict. Oh, I'm eating a food and now I'm getting a little histamine reaction in my nasal passages. I'm feeling a little stuffy. Oh, well, you know, it's not really stopping me from enjoying my meal. And so if we get these little signals all the time, then we just start paying attention. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, oh, I got a little itchy here. What is it that I'm eating? Um, and so again, if I rotate my food, and this is what I tell my patients, that when they have food sensitivities, now they have become more susceptible. They will always need to rotate their food. So mm-hmm. if you're doing nut milks, say, okay, maybe I'm, I was I had a sensitivity to almonds, uh, but I don't have anaphylactic and I don't really, you know, have an allergen because when I eat a little bit, I don't go into so much distress that would be a physical issue um, once in a while. But if I, you know, ate it every single day, then I will have an overload principle. And then so when we start to uh, bring these foods back in, you know, every three days or so, then I say, don't do it on a regular basis. Do almond milk uh, one week when that can's done. Do cashew milk, mm-hmm. not cashew, but um, uh, macadamia nut milk. I don't like cashew milk just because it's too high in sugar. Um, and then or do coconut or hemp milk or any of those that rotate them. Yeah. So for me, I've always got two different types of nut milks in my refrigerator. And I'll have a real variety of nuts as well because nuts are on the top high end of allergens as well, right? Right? Uh, especially tree nuts. So I'm not a real fan of peanuts just because of the response of the mold, the anaphylaxin on them that will cause people, you know, symptomology mm-hmm. as well. So um, we pretty much don't let our 
or we ask our patients to refrain from eating peanuts if they have already a compromised immune system. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's dive into the testing because okay. this is something I hear all the time. I've experienced it myself where you go and have an allergy test and one of two things happens. Either it comes up that everything you're currently eating yeah. <laughs> is on the test and you're like, hold on, wait a second. Or things are coming up on it that you're like, wait a second, but I feel really good when I eat this. I don't think I have an allergy to this. And so what I've seen for myself and so many others is it just leaves them totally confused. And then maybe they go into a test somewhere else and it's completely different results. So help us help us understand this a little bit. What's happening here? So the, the two main tests we use is one is a uh, a prick test where we actually take a little bit of the protein of that antigen and then we do a little scratch test and usually what uh, Mitzi who's the one who does it who's our expert here she'll put like let's just say one through 20 on your arm so that she's you know aware of you know what is what and then um, and then she just scratches a little bit of that antigen into the into the skin see and then she waits to see if there's an immediate response or a delayed response in regard of let's just say it turns red or it actually raises or gets a rash or something of that nature now the immediate responses she can right away um you know note those but then you got to go home and you got to call her 24 hours later i usually send her we usually have the patient send us a picture of their arm and then we're able to see what was the delayed food response on that as well now again uh, what i did is when i did that test with mitzi and i was so um you know, sensitive to so many foods. I thought, well, what am I going to eat? And this leaves many of our patients just like, you know, a deer in a headlight. Oh my God, everything that's on that food sensitivity test, I'm having a response negative to. How am I going to eat? And so this is the great thing about um, uh, Mitzi's work is that what she can do is she can uh, create an, an antigen kind of antidote. So what I did is we took the top ones um, that I had the biggest response to, right? Because there was like maybe 50 things that I was having reactions for. She tested the top ones and then she made a, a remedy for me. And so in this remedy, you would inject yourself every three days with those little bit of the antigens. Now, again, um, what it, it kind of like like attracts like, like homeopathy, mm-hmm. they cancel each other out. So it's a very small amount so you won't get an overt reaction. But it allows for the immune system to calm itself down so that you can actually seriously do some real gut healing without having your immune system overactive as in an allergen, right? It's an overactive response. And so during those nine months when I did those injections, um, I didn't necessarily eliminate all of them. Um, I I rotated them. And then so after about nine months, um, I went try to see, okay, what are the things that for me, for my blood type, right? Because I'm, uh, I, I like to also say another layer of looking at is what is your primal blueprint of the things that most likely your immune system might find offensive. Like for me, as a blood type B, chicken is, is an offensive to my immune system. And so I'll never be able to eat chicken really with a good response on it because I've tested myself with it, taking it out of my diet and then put it, brought it back in and I got an over, like, in six days eczema again Mm. okay so and it's always clearly in the red so again i kind of say let's look at it two layers this is my primal blueprint i don't do good with wheat i don't do good with chicken i don't do good with this and that but then again i can say well also my blood type says i really shouldn't do tomatoes but i don't really have a negative response 
you know, in regards to I don't get itchy, I don't. Um, and so there is a method that like, let's just say after you take, whether it is the scratch test or whether you take a blood test, because those are the two most effective. Okay. Now there's a method where you can actually sit in the doctor's office and let's just say the top allergen foods and they can have you eat a small amount of that, you know, keep doing it and, and see if, if in fact you have a food intolerance or a food allergy to it. Mm. Okay. And again, and they, and again, when it's done in medical supervision, if somebody has anaphylactic response and they can give you a, an EpiPen, which has ep, ep, um, epinephrine in it, which basically vasodilates, right? Um, so again, that's a method too, but I find that what we do with Mitzi, when she makes an antigen for us, we can work on healing the gut. And so again, you know, we do all kinds of different things. First, we kind of test and say, what's in the gut that we need to have to kind of kill? Is there candida? Is there parasites? Is there different kind of things that are causing the immune system to be overactive in the first place? Um, are you deficient in your enzyme, hydrochloric acid, your lactase, your, all these things? So we kind of check to see what is the deficiency? What is the overload principle? And how do we begin to heal the gut? And at the same time, continue to eat and enjoy life. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's one method. Um, and then the food, uh, the blood test, of course, is, you know, and this is where we could say, well, oh my gosh, you know, there's so many things here, but you know, I know that I don't get itchy or I don't even get bloaty, but I do get a little stuffy nose when mm, I eat this some brain fog yeah, brain know. fog a little headache a little you know nausea I mean nausea would be something that I'd say that's over I don't want to I don't want to eat and then have a PTSD mindset of food makes me sick or mm. food makes me feel yucky right but like let's just say for me tomatoes is an acidic food for my blood type can I have some cherry tomatoes in my in my food once in a while yes can I have tomato soup tomato ketchup and to all at the same meal no way Okay, mm -hmm. so again, you kind of want to, everybody's uniquely themselves, so you can just say, you know, I know chicken is not good for me, wheat is not good for me, but at the same time, because of my other condition like Hashimoto's, then, you know, wheat is absolutely a no-no any which way you look at it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And people will say, well, can't you just have a little, you know, a little won't hurt, well, for someone who actually has an allergen to it or an immune response, it can throw you back in your progress three months. Yeah. So why would I want to do that, right? Yeah. And so again, some people have very severe reactions like diarrhea, instantaneous, right? They're always in, you know, where where's the next bathroom? Where's, you know, or they feel very uncomfortable because they don't know what's going to happen after they eat a meal. And who wants to be in fear of eating? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of the whole, you know, premises of life is, you know, breaking bread with people and socialization. And, um, and it really impairs people's life. And that gets into a little bit more complicated things like celiac disease, Crohn's disease, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you, first of all, you need to really be working with a practitioner who's dedicated to helping you navigate this in more of a dynamic way versus a strict black and white. Okay, you have an allergy to this, never eat it again. Right. You have an intolerance to this, never eat it again, which is definitely what I've received and what so many other people receive as well. Whereas I love what you're saying about, you know, we might have an intolerance to something, but we can eat it once a week in a small amount or you know, just every now and then. Yeah. And that is really not something that's often in the dialogue when it comes to food intolerances. Right. And then it gives a teeny bit more flexibility with you as the person that's experiencing being responsible. So like I know for me, um, I can't do a whole lot of cheese. I mean, who doesn't love cheese for goodness sakes, right? Uh, but I also know that goat and sheep are a smaller molecular structure and easier for me to digest. So, but even so, I'm very cautious. If I have cheese three days in a row, I'm draining like as if I had a bad cold. 
Mm -hmm. right? I don't feel headachey. I don't feel sick, but I am draining. And it's, I mean, it's like yesterday, for example, I ate uh, white rice, okay? And uh, two days in a row. Oh my goodness, within about 30 minutes, I had this, like I was talking and all of a sudden this mucus came over my throat and it was just like, instantaneously 30 minutes okay then my body was reacting negatively and then after i you know removed the mucus right spit it out i was fine for the rest of the day so it was a little nudge like hey girlfriend don't eat that okay you already did it once okay you that's fine and dandy but don't do it two or three days in the row because you are going to have a problem and overreact your immune system which is now it's going to affect your 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 thyroid and you know any other autoimmune disorders that people might have Mm -hmm. yeah for me it's funny it's actually meat i can't i can't have more than just like a very small portion of meat maybe Mm -hmm. once a day that's Mm -hmm. what i've realized is like maybe a good balance for me Mm -hmm. but you know i used to eat like so many of us some kind of chicken at lunch and then maybe some kind of steak at dinner almost every single day and i just had so many issues and now i've noticed okay first of all i need to seriously reduce the amount when i do have it Mm -hmm. but if I have it two days in a row, I feels like my digestion just comes to a screeching stop. Are you blood type A? I'm not sure. Okay. I think so we'll have to check I'm you on sure. that. So, 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 you know, the first thing we'd look at is what digests meat. And then we mm. first would say, okay, hydrochloric acid is really important. And, and when anybody has been under stress, they're not going to produce as much enzymes as they would normally do when they're in a rest and digest mindset. And so the first thing we do is, okay, you know, like we have devices like the LSA that can scan you for deficiencies. So we'd scan to say what enzymes are deficient. Oh, we have an HCL deficiency. So every time she does eat heavy protein like that, to take an enzyme to support you mm. would be a good idea. Now, also too, we'd say that, you know, eating meat every single meal is not healthy either. I mean, there's a lot of inflammatory, uh, you know, uh, processes that happen in animal foods, right? So the more alkaline and the more plant-based I can get, which always will be better for you for anti-aging, for disease prevention, for treatment of. And so again, uh, you know, we just have to say we just need to get our amino acids because they're essential mm. in regards of, um, you know, keeping our chemistry together. And plus, so you, you're young, you're still in reproductive state, right? <laughs> uh, and so, again, we need to have, you know, an adequate amount of protein mm. for that. Um, you know, when you get older, you don't need that much protein because you're not growing. I'm not going to be, you know, creating a child in, in, ter- in terms of my own capacity to need X amount of calories and this, you know, in, in these portions in regards of the macronutrients. And so um, it's really important to recognize that the body has an intelligence. And so if your intelligence is saying, you know, uh, once a day is perfectly fine, maybe even other day is even better for me, then you listen to the inherent nature of your own truth and you'll have better health because of it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So let's dive into, because you were talking a little bit about enzymes earlier, you were talking about a specific enzyme or protein that can help digest gluten. So let's dive into some of the supplements, enzymes that can be just really instrumental for people dealing with intolerances, maybe even allergies. Okay, so I would say, you know, um, to kind of get an idea, you know, to do a little testing. What enzymes are you deficient in, right? And then again, if we say, people will give you clues. They'll say, oh gosh, every time I eat, you know, uh, dairy, I get mucusy, I get bloaty, I feel this. So we're going to know pretty much right off the bat that that's a food sensitivity. When people tell me things like, 
oh my God, you're not going to take away my bread, are you? Or you're not going to take away my cheese. I love cheese. Then we also know that the body has actually be become dependent upon that food. And so again, I say, if you say the word love to something, you've got an allergy to that because it's a chemical dependency. It makes me <laughs> feel better. Okay. Mm. So the first thing we'd look at is the constitution of the gut. Do you have enough enzymes? Do you have enough friendly bacteria? What food group is it that you're actually cannot di digest? Is it carbohydrates? You know, are you have an intolerance to it? Then we need a plant enzyme and even Orbino to help to break down those, those carbohydrates. Um, and so it really, you know, depends on the food groups that they're having issues with. And then also, you know, a little testing. What do you actually, like, for example, um, you being a blood type A, if that's the case, already lack hydrochloric acid, hmm. right? And already lend themselves to a vegetarian diet. Hmm. So if we'd say, if I knew my primal blueprint, that even gives me a heads up in what foods might be an antagonist to my immune system. Hmm. And then it means, again, once you understand yourself more in that way, it might mean, let's, let's just go with the hypothesis, I'm type A. Then I can say, okay, I know inherently maybe my body doesn't want to eat meat that often. I've seen it firsthand in my own life. But now having that knowledge in my brain of maybe I don't produce enough of this hydrochloric acid, then when I do decide to eat meat, I can assist my body even more and sort of negate or minimize the reaction as much as possible. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and again, that's what we want to do. We want to not live in fear of food, but we also want to be mindful and responsible in the body's expression so that we don't undermine it and then end up in a compromised immune system mm. because we maladapted to our, to our allergens. We mm -hmm. just kept eating it and kept eating. And all of a sudden now, you know, I'm overweight, you know, I'm constipated. I can't sleep at night. I have heart palpitations. I have rashes that I can't get rid of, you know, all yeah. of these things that are very overt. And sometimes since they don't prevent us from living our life, going to work then we're just like oh, okay well whatever i'll just put a little this or that on right yeah so it sounds like the biggest one is identifying first what it is you might be intolerant to or sensitive to mm -hmm. checking if you're deficient in any enzymes and then supplementing with those to help support the body whether it's through the foods that can give you those enzymes or the supplements mm -hmm. sounds like too you also said the microbiome so probiotics mm -hmm. and then one of the things I'm thinking too is if we've got this inflammation storm, should we be taking something like curcumin, turmeric? Yeah, well, so my favorite thing for allergies is quercetin. Quercetin, Biflavonoid, okay. okay? And so we have quite a few products. We have, you know, one that we actually uh, produce, uh, the Center for New Medicine, which is awesome. Then we have one that is called Dehist uh, by Orthomolecular, I believe. And so again, these are just, I talk like first, anybody who's got excessive mast cells, and you would know because you kind of always got a little runny nose and you're very much affected by the weather and the cold and just different temperatures. Uh, and so that in and of itself is extremely helpful. So if I take it every day and then I don't have any issues at all. Mm. Um, and of course, if for people get COVID, then that's the first thing you would want to do is you want to take something that um, coils the, the, what they call the cytokine storm down. Mm -hmm. And so that's what quercetin does. Then of course, any antioxidant is going to be helpful. So your vitamin C, because when your immune system's compromised, basically you're going to just use up all of your vitamins, not all of it, but you're going to use a lot of the vitamin C to supplement with that. And then of course, the highest antioxidants the body does produce. And if we're compromised and we're not producing it because you know we're creating all these free radicals from all these foods that we're ingesting is um, glutathione and I like glutathione in a low a liposomal manner because it's a larger molecular structure hard to cross the blood-brain barrier so again I think that's really fantastic too and then of course you can't 
not not have anything for immune system without saying vitamin D3 is essential. Mm. And so again, depending on the severity of what we got going on, we might need more therapeutic dosage. We might need 10,000 IUs of vitamin D. We might need, you know, 2,000 milligrams of quercetin. We might need, you know, a teaspoon of liposomal glutathione and, you know, 6,000 milligrams of vitamin C. And so everybody will be an individual. So when working with a practitioner, we're able to help you. I always say start out small and then keep increasing because sometimes some of these things like especially vitamin C can give you diarrhea, mm-hmm. right? And so we want to just have that beautiful kind of little balance where, you know, where we will have all bodily functions that are of a normal nature. Mm. So, you know, I'd like to talk about is undefined food intolerances. And so again, because so many people eat packaged foods. I mean, it's just like, I know it's easy, this and that. But again, if it's not from nature, you're going to have a reaction of your immune system going, what is this food? You know, it's processed. I don't know how to, you know, if this is supposed to be a fat and it's from a hydrogenated fat, I don't know what to do with this. And so these additives like, you know, the sulfites, like, you know, so all of your cured meats and your even mm. your salmon or your bacon and all these things can create a lot of problems with people who already have some food sensitivities. And then you've got the nitrates, the monosodium glutamate, and then also the food coloring. So oh, all of these yeah. things are added agents. So basically you have to be cautionary. If I've got an autoimmune disorder, I have immune issues and or I have food sensitivities or allergens, I got to really pay attention to the food label because I don't want to overexpose myself and then I would say when you have one sensitivity then you might have others that maybe it's a cross sensitivity like with people who have Hashimoto's you got to take gluten out of the diet but then dairy is a crossover right mm. I used to be able to do dairy no problem but then again I wasn't paying attention to the rhinitis so once I stopped t- got off of all my food sensitivities that were for my blood type you know and um I fixed my gut, the the whole mucus went away, which Mm -hmm. is fantastic, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so again, a lot of people think they have uh, allergies to things, uh, but really to be honest, when you test, when you actually test them, maybe it's 3%, you know, that they, oh, I have a gluten sensitivity or I have an allergy to this. But in all reality, it isn't an allergen, it's a sensitivity. And it also potentially is because of the fact that these have chemicals on them, especially our grains, Mm -hmm. because that they spray glyphosate, which is Roundup, so that they can kill the mold. And so again, it's not just the food, it's what's in the food and on these foods that can undermine our digestive system and then we become more compromised. It's so interesting because same thing with me, and I, I always say this, like when I go to Europe, I eat anything and everything and I don't have any problems. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I experienced that because I lived in Spain for a time and like all my issues went away. And then when I came back here, my acne came back, my bloating came back and I was just like, whoa, this cannot be coincidental. But it's so interesting because same thing with the meat, I can only eat super, super clean meat. Otherwise, instant stomach pain. And I've been noticing recently, same thing with gluten. If I eat just regular gluten, bloating, stomach pain, I get a rash around my mouth. But if I eat completely organic gluten, no issues at all. Yeah. And so it's a sign. Maybe it's not the gluten. Maybe it's the glyphosate or something else that's being added to or that. Or the, you know, g- genetically modified. I mean, I think that, you know, when they call, when they said the, you know, in the in the Bible, the staff of life was wheat. Well, how many chromosomes did it have back then? <laughs> yeah. I have 42. Now we got 62. The body doesn't recognize it. It's even the staff of life of being wheat. And this is why Europeans, because they don't have GMO and they don't have irradiated foods, they don't, I mean, they're really so much more conscious 
just about preserving our health and we are here we're preserving the dollar or what's in our pocket so unfortunately another things i want to mention is the foods that have histamine in it so for people who have rhinitis little runny nose all the time then they might say maybe i have a histamine uh sensitivity and so foods like alcoholic beverages will cause that aged cheeses cured meat yeast products spinach tomatoes they are all have histamines and the body might not be able to break them down and um, again it, it's actually because it's an enzyme that they don't have called uh, diamine oxida oxidase right and so again it creates flushing for people who have issues with that so again if you're missing specific enzymes you're not going to be able to break these down and you'll have a full expression of it mm -hmm. but how easy too? you know I think sometimes people get overwhelmed by okay you're telling me I've got to take this enzyme and do this test and do this treatment but also I'd say on the flip side well if you start addressing this you said you know you did the um the, the remedy test. for yeah. about yeah. nine months yeah but look nine months of your life and then you have the rest of your life free of these symptoms that is a pretty good trade-off yeah eyes. that's huge I mean it's just like eczema is irritating I mean it's physically irritating it itches it, 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 it it's raised up it's it hurts and so again um I'm going to take I'm going to take very serious notice of things like that and I want my patients to too why are they going to live with these things oh I've, I've had it all my life since I was a kid I had psoriasis I had eczema okay well nobody's ever addressed healing your gut and your stressor levels and your ability to be able to create peace of mind on all levels and so again when I work with patients I work with the whole person so a lot of times when we go into consulting we end up talking about not just the biology of food but the biology of their emotions mm -hmm. and that really starts to examine you know what my body's uh, natural innate preferences are to what my emotional desire is because I'm looking for something uh, uh, emotionally based that will have nothing to do with food and again then I become addicted to it because it gives me dopamine signals to my brain and then I end up eating my allergy foods and really they're going to be my foods that are going to create more problems for me. Mm -hmm. I love that and that is exactly what we do here no matter what it is we're talking about is addressing it from just a full being mindset right you know and then if we wanted to do you know kind of your own test at home then just say okay well let me just start off by you know getting rid of for now for at least two weeks you know milk eggs peanuts, any tree nut, fish, saltfish, uh, uh, shellfish, wheat, or soy. Let me get those out of my, those are the top allergens. How does my body feel? Oh, I have better mental energy. I have more uh, energy physical. I can sleep better. I'm not so bloaty. And then one by one, I say, which ones do I love that would like to keep in? Well, let's just say eggs, good amount of protein, right? And then I have that for three days in a row. No problem. All right. And then I rotate the next one in. Oh, I got a histamine reaction. Okay. Well, my body doesn't like that. But if I've had a sensitivity towards it, don't say I can eat this two weeks in a row eggs because you'll have a sensitivity again. You've got to rotate every three mm -hmm. days. So then if somebody has had a sensitivity to eggs and they're bringing it back into their diet, I say start out with once a week. Mm -hmm. then maybe twice a week, but then don't, don't ever go more than three three times a week, mm -hmm. right? So again, we're still in that rotation mindset of sensitivity that they've already created an issue of, I don't, I'm not, I'm intolerant to that. I think we forget that from an evolutionary standpoint, we never ate things every day, year round, day in and day out, exactly. because we only could eat what grew during that season. Exactly and that right. was maybe three month period right let's say and so even then we definitely weren't eating in the quantities we're eating now so when I look at it from that perspective it's like the light bulb goes on and it's sort of a no-brainer of like oh yeah my body 
just hasn't evolved yet to not eat like this. Right. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, is that if you would really ask yourself, am I hungry when I'm reaching for that? Or am I stressed out? Or I feel depressed? Or I I haven't felt that I was acknowledged? Issues of validation? Well, then that can never be satisfied by a food. And so when we start to get in touch, is this a food craving because I'm not meeting my personal needs? Or really, am I hungry? Because if I'm hungry, let me go eat something that's chemically balanced so I can keep my blood sugar stable so I can have the energy and the mental acuity to continue to do my day. Mm -hmm. And addressing the emotional aspect of it, whether it's an emotional dependence on the food or just our beliefs, our subconscious beliefs, our programming around food is such a key component. And truly, I have not seen any other practitioner or center ever even talk about that emotional component. I think that's phenomenal. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it is the foundation of any treatment protocol is, you know, asking your patient, you know, many things about their personal life, you know, um, are they happy? Are they in a good marriage? How are, are their relationship with their children? You know, what conflicts do they have? All of these things matter when you're trying to create a foundation that is going to be sturdy enough to build their new house upon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, Liliana, thank you so much. This was absolutely fantastic. I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> oh, thank you for having me. I always enjoy coming on. Yes. <laughs>